I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Today, we're going to welcome to the podcast, Justin Feldman. Uh, Justin has spent the last few years helping accountants in different countries grow and scale their accounting practice. As a chartered accountant um, and having spent many years working in the finance industry, he has experienced firsthand the pain of dealing with poor quality, slow paying clients. (laughs) This is all, you know, in my, you know, things that are interesting to me, wheelhouse. During his three years at Grant Thornton, he vowed when he finished that he would help accountants overcome the obstacle of having poor quality clients. He then partnered with a marketer and an expert salesman to go about forming the perfect strategy to help accountants get more clients and scale their practice. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> Grant Thornton, were you here in the States? Grant Thornton in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Okay. Mm. okay. Do you have to do three years to be a chartered accountant? It's quite a process in South Africa. So it's actually, it's four years of study and three mm-hmm. years of, of wow. uh, like actual work. That's minimum though. It took me a little bit longer because I had to redo a couple of classes, but for wow. like... Yeah, it's it's a process. Yeah. Um, so you have to be you have to work in industry or work in a firm. You have to work in an auditing firm for three years, and there's certain competencies you need to you need to oh, achieve. Wow. And you've got two board exams, and this is all after four after your four years of study. So it's mm-hmm. a three year undergrad program, one year honors program, and then three years of articles and two board exams. So it's a it's like becoming a doctor. Wow, pretty that's pretty intense. That's that that's more than the CPA. Yeah, it's more um, than CPA. I've, I looked into CPA. Yeah, it's a bit more. Yeah, it's not a whole, I mean, it's not a ton more. Um, it's the, it's the, because um, so we have to do at least a year under a CPA and it doesn't have to be audit. Um, but most, most, so it's by state because this is the United States. Most states isn't, it might even be, you have to have a master's now. Oh, really? You have to wow. do four years of undergrad plus a master's, which is another That's quite two. intense. Um, but that's by state. Um, California has like a whole nother set of stuff, like tests and stuff that people have to do. Um, but when I when I did it, which was a little while ago, uh, it was it was just undergrad. Um, and, then okay. one, and then you have to do one year under us. You have to be an employee of a CPA for at least... There's a certain hour requirement to get your, hmm. your CPA. Um, wow. So yeah, that is, that's more, that is a lot more. <laughs> Intense. South Africa is actually, it's, it's got some of like the best rated. It used mm-hmm. to be the best rated chartered accountants in the world. Like mm-hmm. it was like us, India and Ireland and Scotland, I believe, were like some huh. of the best CPAs or CAs. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty stringent. It's really like, I think the pass rate of the board exams is around, 50% or somewhere mm. around there. It's pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, don't, stuff. It's I don't know what our exam um, pass rate is. Um, they just, they changed the format not too long ago and now mm. they're changing it again um, to include more advisory and stuff, which is really good. Um, Interesting. I'm reading about how cool. they're changing it um, because before it was just very like book learning. Um, mm. And then they people would get into, you know, firms or industry and be like, 
like all what are retained as debits and credits, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, like, what do I do? This yeah. doesn't translate or like, you know, how do I advise? How do we be proactive? How do we do all that? Um, mm. Which I think is that's great. It is great. Um, it's it's, great. Yeah. I was reading like the new, the new things and I was like, this is good. This is what, you know, mm. what the industry needs. Yeah. Um, well, that's what, that's what we trying to help with our clients. We trying to take them from, you know, bookkeepers mm. to, like outsource CFO slash advisory, mm-hmm. it's just more valuable, you know, because it's one thing giving people the numbers. It's another thing really like interpreting them and giving some, you know, advice on those numbers. It's really yeah, powerful. That's awesome. All right. Um, so what was your first job? My first job was, geez, it was actually when I was 19. It was actually a sales job. I was actually selling uh, desserts. <laughs> that's awesome. Was that like in a restaurant or... So what I would do is that I had like a, there was like a, a manufacturer, you manufactured desserts and I would take them to different restaurants and sell it to them. And then they would sell it onto the consumer. And that was where I kind of like found, I had like, I had a real passion for sales. Eh? I had like, I kind of saw at 19, I was like, wow, this is really fun. Like I can actually, I can probably do this forever. But I was like, but let me, let me, let me get something like serious behind me. And then, yeah, I don't know. That was just where I was at that time. I love it. Um, so give us the cliff notes on your career journey. Okay, cool. So, I mean, basically, yeah, so that was how it started. So at 19, kind of, I was in California for a little bit to study. And then I kind of came back to, I was there for about a year, came back to, to South Africa. Wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I worked as a sales rep for this dessert company. Mm-hmm. Was there for about a year. Found out a big passion for sales, but I was like, let me, let me, let me be, become a CPA and get something behind me. Maybe I'll come back to sales. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I worked as this, uh, just studied, worked as a CPA for three years at Grant Thornton. Mm-hmm. Um, did multiple different kinds of companies there, like different big companies, small, like motor vehicle industry to like mm-hmm. man, uh, mining, like all sorts of stuff. Were you doing then, audit? Only audit. It was super intense. Yeah, really, really intense. So straight audit, three years of audit. Then I went to New York for another six months of audit because I didn't, hadn't have enough. I needed a bit more audit in me. So I did another mm-hmm. six months in New York at a company called Friedman LLP, mm-hmm. like straight auditing for six months in the busy season. Uh, very eye-opening. American work ethic is, whoa, it's intense. It's Isn't really, it? oh, it's intense. That's why we're a disaster. Uh, <laughs> geez, the a, capitalism I, I think, is real. <laughs> Capitalism is real. It was a good, it was a good, I was in the heart of capitalism. I was in Manhattan as yeah, well. I was like, wow. yeah, so it was, it was great though. Like it was such an, I couldn't actually believe how hardworking Americans were. It was super impressive. Um, then came back to South Africa, worked for, basically worked for Walmart actually from South Africa. So, oh, that's cool. so Walmart owned a company called like MassMart. It's like mm-hmm. a subsidiary. And mm-hmm. I worked as a financial manager and I did that for about a year, like ran some big teams, then worked as uh, also a finance manager for a, uh, a listed um, tech company. And then I just, the last job I had was just kind of, it was actually another sales job. It was another, but in finance, it was a capital raise. So I had to go to different people and raise capital mm-hmm. for a, uh, a uh, what's it called? So yeah, just for, it's called a section 21J. It's basically mm-hmm. just a, uh, it's a fund. I mean, it's effectively a fund. So mm-hmm. had to raise capital and I was back in sales. And then I was kind of like, I don't know why I'm not doing this. Like I can, I'm like, after all the experience I've had, I'm pretty sure I can combine my two skill sets. Mm-hmm. 
and kind of come up with the Counting Clients Accelerator. And that brought me to now. That's awesome. Um, but why marketing for accountants? So what I realized throughout my journey is that, you know, if you have a nice client, finance can be quite pleasant. It can be a good relationship. It could work nicely. You have a bad client, you're going to have a really, really bad life. And like mm -hmm. that's just the reality, right? Like I had some really poor quality clients. Things were a mess. Like I was actually auditing a company once and they asked me to do their journals for them. So they asked me to process all their journals and then audit the work I've done. I'm like, I'm not being like, how can you ask me to do that? And yeah, so I think I had that experience. I had some experiences. Um, independence yeah. is kind of important. <laughs> yeah, and my, and I was like, I'm not doing that. I was just like, Kelma, I'm not, I'm not going to do your, I'm not going to be your accountant and then audit my accounting work. Like, yeah. That's how so yeah, and then I had some some really bad experiences of kind of just being at clients till like three in the morning, like locked in a little room with mm -hmm. no, and like super like just underappreciated, right? And um, I just kind of felt that. And like when I used to speak to people about it, speak to my partner and be like, why are we working for these people? Like everything's such a mess. They don't care about us. They don't treat us well. Mm -hmm. Why are we working for them? And they'd always say the same thing. They'd say, Justin, it, this, was, this client was referred to us by another client. Referrals is the only way we can get clients and suck it up and get the job done. Wow. And I felt, I felt so trapped. And I was just like, we're not even breaking even. I'm like, we're not breaking even. We're making losses. And not only that, Managers were resigning. They were just like, I can't work for this client. It's not, mm. it's, it's just not sustainable. And I kind of realized that, you know, um, accountants, they are very much stuck in the past and the way they're doing things. They don't, they're not embracing tech. They're not, in, they're not willing to learn new skills. They kind of just, I'm an accountant and this is what I'm going to do. And yeah, and, and like, you know, when I was, I was basically exposed to a lot of different things in New York in terms of how they were going about client acquisition. And I lived with a marketer for like six months and we were kind of chatting. And from those two experiences, I kind of realized I was like, wow, the accountants really need help. They need some serious, serious help um, yeah. before they get left behind. And that is the reality. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is yeah. the reality. I think, um, you know, a couple things I want to just kind of speak about, because um, yeah. I don't generally have a lot of people who have like been auditors on my um, on the podcast, but and I've never been an auditor. Um, I just kind of want to talk about what that experience is like, because I just don't think that people understand um, junior auditors are generally slave labor. Um, they make less than minimum wage. A lot of the time they work, um, 20 hour days sometimes, um, and they're locked in rooms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to trying to audit financials. And a lot of the time um, when you're doing an audit, it's because the bank needs it or the, you know, the shareholders need it or outside people need it. It's not doesn't give a benefit. It's not really a benefit to the company. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, we, we focus on tax, um, but there's, you know, it's not, it's something that has to be done. Doesn't generally a benefit to people. Like it's just compliance work um that really isn't you know isn't a benefit and so a lot of the time we're treated like we're in the way or we're treated like we're a hassle because we're doing something that's really kind of not value add um especially if like all you do is tax returns or all you do is audit or whatever um so i just kind of wanted to talk about talk about that for a minute because i think people don't really just kind of understand like what an auditor does Mm. Um, but an auditor basically goes in and makes sure that whatever financials are presented to them actually are coach. So they'll go in, tie out all the balances, um, they'll pull samples to make sure that, you know, whatever is on the financials actually makes sense. You know, they'll check 
whatever. They'll check the books basically to provide a report to, you know, whoever needs it. So it could be anywhere from investors to, you know, banks um, that they're just going to like probably just like be like, yep, looks good. <laughs> and these are large. I mean, from, you know, even for a small company, an audit is, you know, at least a 40 hour, you know, engagement. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like the it's ultimate grudge purchase, like to be honest, it's something that like no yes. one wants, but it has to be done. Grudge and the reality is that I love that. It's, it is, it's like the ultimate thing of like, so like when you get to the, the client, no one wants you there. The accountant hates you there because you're checking their work and you kind of, you like, it's not nice to have someone looking over your shoulder and double checking mm -hmm. your work and you, people get nervous. And uh, so the accountants really doesn't want you there. So when you're asking them for stuff, they get frustrated because you're taking away their time from their day to look at stuff that they did a year ago. They can't even remember. You're taking these samples and manually kind of typing them out and agreeing them. And yeah, like you said, it's all just like, it's all just to kind of take what the accountant said and say, this is all good. Here you go. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, it's very little value add. So it's like, it's kind of like, no one really wants you there. And they, and yeah, you have to be at the client's offices. I think that's going to actually change drastically post COVID. Yeah, I, think I really do believe that. I think people have now realized, I mean, all of our audits this year took place remote, perfectly fine. Like, mm -hmm. like the people that are in South Africa were doing remote audits. And I think people have kind of come to terms with the fact that, okay, you don't need to be there. We have things called computers and email and, and, you know, zoom. And work and, paper tires and all of, you know, there's just so <laughs> much like tech to do that exactly, as well exactly. as, you know, like mail. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, so I think that's going to change. And, and like you said, it was, it's just like kind of you, you're stuck in a room every day that you're sitting there, you're using the client's money. So already they, they like just want you to get out of there so they can carry on with their life. And, and like, and you hop from audit to audit like this, you get in one audit, no one wants you there. They just like, it's, it's your end. Everyone's stressed. Everyone's angry. You get there, they kick you out the door and you go into your next client and it's the same situation. And that's kind of like your three year experience. Yeah. And there's yeah. a huge, there's a huge hierarchy within these firms as well. So we have, you know, managers whose job is to nitpick your work. Right. I used to work at a, under an, an audit partner and absolutely nothing was ever, I, I could never do anything right. Um, you know, not like, it was like, I did everything you asked me to do last, you know, the last time, but no, like there's more stuff. Right. So, you know, it's just the most, it's like one of the worst, I think probably psychological to places to work because you can never get it right. It's never close enough. It's never immaterial enough or like whatever. And then, you know, especially the junior auditor, auditors, they really are slave labor. Like I said, most of them, you know, end up working so many hours and their salary is just doesn't, it doesn't even hit, um, it doesn't even hit minimum wage and they don't get paid overtime. It is really like slave labor and it's a lot of hours for not being appreciated. Yeah, it's the most thankless job. Like no one's ever like, wow, you saved me. Thank you so much. It's just like, okay, good. Now get out. It's like <laughs> Yeah, it's never like really like, yeah, I think that makes it one of the most psychologically hardest job is because, uh -huh. yeah, no one's ever like, thank you so much, you helped me, or like, you were so good. It was, it's always just yeah, like, yeah. just leave now, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being so detailed. This means absolutely nothing to us. <laughs> it's just yeah. like required. Like, like just um, put it straight in the paper, spreader. it's fine. You know? I, yeah. I like that garage purchase. I, I'm going to be using that one. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about accountants. Um, and you know, how they generally get clients, um, and then, you know, why that system breaks. 
So effectively, you know, accountants, how they go about it is, and let's start, let's start with the core fundamentals of how accountants begin, like not from birth, but let's mm -hmm. start from a lot of accountants. They are actually normally just accountants working in a firm. They're not entrepreneurs. Often they're not entrepreneurs. Some are. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to flatter. What I'm going to say is that a lot of accountants are employees mm -hmm. and they sit there and they do their job and people bring them clients, people run the business stuff and all they do is they manage the finance and they do the accounting stuff. Then they decide, I can do this by myself. Why am I working for someone? So then they go. So now the problem is they actually haven't developed the mindsets and the skills of an entrepreneur. What they have is they have accounting skills. So now they're in a new venture that they think they still just account. They're not. They are now entrepreneurs and they don't make that shift. So now they're thinking, okay, how do I cut costs? How do I keep expenses low? How do I, and it's like, Get a client, like you need clients. <laughs> so like and that's first. <laughs> and also like so that they don't want to learn new skills. They don't want to learn mm. marketing. And so what they do is they say, okay, I've got this pe these people who know me. I'm mm. gonna go on my own, I'm gonna do it for them. And then they say, and then they ask these people, do you have anyone else? So now the problem with this is that the only method for getting new clients is word of mouth. So they don't develop sales, sales skills, they don't develop marketing skills. So it's just word of mouth. And number one, that's not scalable, right? Because you can't scale that. You can't bring in a whole bunch. People are not always going to refer. Sometimes they will. But then your whole lifeblood of your business is reliant on someone else. And the problem with that even further that runs even deeper is that you can't raise your prices because if client A refers you to client B, client A is going to tell client B, he charges X amount. So if the accountant goes to client B and says, I'm going to charge you this, you're going to say, hang on, uh, uh, you're charging him $400. I'm paying you $400. And they can't break into new industries. They are stuck with kind of a little small little network. They can't go into new cities, different areas. It's like niches. It's just, yeah. So that's my, my thing on, on word of mouth. It's not a great yeah. strategy. I mean, the other option is they have a storefront. What's that? They have it? They, they have a storefront. What is that? Yeah. Or they have an office where they like people just walk in to do tax returns oh, like yeah. an H She's block or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm really involved in the tax side of this <laughs> industry. <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of our conversations are around, you know, tax, you know, really product versus advisory. Okay. Um, because that's the big, you know, that's what I see as the big shift. Which um, is it? Product versus? Uh, product versus advisory services. Okay. So what does that mean? So, um, you know, generally I'll get a phone call and somebody will be like, um, can you do my tax return? And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's not how we work. We do plans first. So we tax plan first. Um, cause I'm, I'm a tax coach and I like to do tax planning cause I want my businesses to grow and we want to save them tax money so they can reach their goals. Mm, okay. Um, but we don't just do tax returns. Uh, you can't just like bring me your tax stuff and sit here and watch me do your return. I'm not that person. We're not that kind of firm. Um, but we have a whole PR problem a lot of the time. I, and I think you could probably talk to about this. <laughs> you know, what do, what do clients say they want from accountants and what do they really want from accountants? Um, because I think a lot of the time we're technicians and so we're like, we're like numbers. The numbers are so important but what's really important to the client. Yeah. I mean, it's always just, yeah, you know, saving money. They want to make money, save money. That's mm -hmm. just what they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, so let's talk about um, some of the biggest pain points when it comes to growth 
for accountants. I mean, other than the fact that we're not usually salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like the, okay. So the pain points in terms of like growing their business. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, okay, sales is a massive one. Like that is, it's huge because I think at that point, it's kind of like if no matter what kind of leads, and that's the thing is that you start hearing, if you speak to, if you speak to a hundred accountants and you speak about marketing, they'll all have a similar story of like, oh yeah, they gave me terrible leads or, oh my God, those leads from Google are horrible or Facebook. That's the worst lead you can get. But the reality is that a lead is a lead. doesn't matter which platform they're coming from. It's someone showing interest in your services. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, how is your sales process and your follow-up and your all that sort of stuff to convert that lead? Mm. So there's a lot that goes in there and that comes down to foundations or how the business is built. How is it, how is the business actually built? And a lot of accountants, their businesses, yeah, in terms of growth, they're just not built on a sturdy foundation. They don't have a foundation for scale as it is. It's normally they buy themselves. They, so now they've got to try to do everything. They're going to do fulfillment and prospecting and sales. So even if you're bringing them leads, they're like, oh my God, I can't even kind of like, like, I don't have time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So like, that's a problem. They don't have real, they don't have systems in place in terms of like automation and like CRMs and stuff to mm -hmm. send out automated emails and manage the clients. So it's kind of just like, it's kind of just like the accountant sitting there at his desk and he's now got to make calls, prospect and do the fulfillment. And it's just like the whole thing just, it's just crumbles. So it's like, you got to kind of, you know, set up some foundations where it's just like a CRM in the beginning, maybe even like a secretary that can help like make some calls and send out some cold email or mm -hmm. prospect a little bit. And then accountant can kind of help out. But yeah, a lot of accountants are by themselves. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of our biggest issues is we are lone rangers a lot of the time. Um, but the other thing I think is that, you know, we, we, because we can do things, we will, <laughs> You know, we are the, I think we are the, um, the quintessential, um, pundit penny punch, penny pinchers. I can't tell you how many accountants where I'm just like, why are you doing this thing? You know, why is this the thing in your business you need to be doing? You know, like, why do you need to do your own funnels? Why do you need to do your own Canva? Well, I'm, I'm the one that's always in Canva, but you know, why do we need to do these things? Um, and there's a lot I could learn how to do that. I probably shouldn't, you know? And so, it's hard when you are, because most accounts are pretty capable too. So we could probably learn how to do everything. Therefore, yeah, we think yeah. we should. But then we turn around and, and I, you know, ask a client, why are you doing your own books? You know, I was like, why are you, sure, accountant, yeah. doing your own books? Um, and I tell people all the time, I don't do, I don't do payroll. I don't do my own payroll. And it's just me on payroll. I don't do my own books. My bookkeeper does the books. Um, because mm. that's not a good use of my time. Wow. So you know, I, yeah, that's really cool to hear that. I haven't even managed to let go of that. There's a lot of stuff I'm doing in my own business that I'm partnered with a marketer. So we yeah. have these kind of discussions as well. And I can mm -hmm. see now from talking to you, like, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, you want to kind of, you want to be doing what you're doing and mm -hmm. kind of offlay. But it is, it's, like you said, it's difficult for an accountant to let go because we, I think accountants by nature are probably like to be in control because you're so used to, you know, because you control the business when you have the money and you're managing the money. So you mm -hmm. kind of want to try control all the aspects, which is. Yeah, it's hard. And I, you know, I think most business owners have this problem, but it's yeah. the, you know, if I can do it, I should, um, you know, whether, whether it's in their personal lives or it's in their business. Um, 
So it's just, it's interesting. I think one of the other pain points we have, um, and you tell me if you find this is true, is we give a lot of free stuff away. Oh, like accountants, I think they undervalue their services. I don't know if that's what you're going towards. Yes. Yeah. Accountants, they don't value what they're doing. So, but, but that still, that still bleeds in. I still maintain that bleeds in from another fundamental problem. And that bleeds in from a, a lack of opportunity of clients. Because what starts to happen is the accountant, they don't have opportunities. And when you don't have opportunities, you get more and more desperate. And you actually start to feel less about yourself because you're like, oh, wow, no one really cares. No one needs me. I'm like, I must not be valuable. And then someone does need you and they say, oh no, there's someone cheaper down the road. And you're like, oh wow, I'm actually, my services are actually valued even less. And then like you, and then you start taking on clients for so cheap just to get a client. Mm-hmm. And then you actually start to devalue yourself and you, and you actually start to disrespect yourself in a way because mm-hmm. you actually start to take on clients you shouldn't be taking on. Mm-hmm. And the, what, the reason why I learned this is because when I started my business, I've noticed how I've grown as a person, because in the beginning, we were like just taking on anyone, anyone who's willing to work with us, be like, I mean, we even had in my first year, I remember there was a guy who said, I don't know how he talked, we were just in such scarcity in terms of clients that like, he kind of said something like, oh, you know, why must I take on all the risk? Like, why don't you put up 50% and I'll put up, and it actually made sense to me at the time, because I was like, in such scarcity, I was like, yeah, that, I was like, that's actually fair. Let me first prove myself to him. And that came from literally, it's that came from just you know, not having opportunities. Like now I would, I would, I wouldn't get in a call with a guy like that. Like I've got meetings set up all the time. So I'm not really thinking like that, but you know, in accountants, they don't have that kind of inflow of like client opportunities. So anyone who says like, I'm, I'm interested, they're like, okay, I'll do it for you for free, even for the first month to prove how good I am. Yeah. yeah it's, or it's we let the current client creep, scope creep, you know, like yeah. maybe we're, oh, yeah. you know, we're supposed to be doing this. And then they're asking us about a bunch of questions about this or, you know, right now with the pandemic, you know, we're dealing with a lot of PPP loan stuff um, and I have people forwarding me emails and I'm like, I'm not touching this without a retainer. Like, yeah, here's your options. We wait or you pay us. You know, we're still kind of waiting for Congress to do something and whatever with this PPP loan stuff. So it's like, it's up to you. You have time, you know, um, you tell me, do you want to wait or do you want to pay us? <laughs> You know, like those are your options. Um, I can't do all this work for free for a lot of reasons. One, liability, you know. Two, I've spent hours and hours and hours learning how this works. I need to get paid Mm -hmm. back for that expertise and that time. And if you want it right, it's going to, you know, we're going to do our best to make it right. Um, So it's been, it's very interesting how we let clients, because we just want to help you know, how we let them go around our processes or um, we do something for them that really isn't, you know, within the scope of, you know, what they've paid for already. Mm, so true. It's all about, yeah, it's boundaries. Yeah. yeah. It's like having, having setting up boundaries with clients and, you know, yeah. from the get go. And it is, it, it does become difficult when you, yeah, I do find that a lot. And then account, that's how they actually accountants, that's how they actually, that's how they actually can become miserable because it's like, yeah, they just, they increase the amount of work and they don't, they don't increase their rates. And then all of a sudden you're actually just working these bizarre hours and not making your budgets and stuff. And, For clients you don't even like, yeah. <laughs> or like you end up resenting them. Like that's yeah. the big thing for me is like, if I feel like I'm starting to like, if I, if I kind of cringe, if I see them in my inbox or on my phone, I know it's time for me to raise their rates or for them to go um, because wow. I start resenting them um, because hmm. I'm like, I feel like I've, 
done everything like or I'm tapped out or like it's just you're always you know whatever mm. um yeah boundaries are a huge thing that we have problems with um I'm in a lot of forums um especially like on Facebook and people have horrible boundaries um and I was <laughs> like there's no such thing as an accounting or tax emergency like there really isn't mm. there is yeah. such thing as people waiting till the last minute that doesn't mean that's our emergency. Um, I actually talked to somebody yesterday um, or the other day. She had sent me a referral and I had talked to her a referral. And then I was like, oh, did you like, did you hear back from your client? You, you know, about, you know, I was like, I, I haven't heard back from her. And she goes, yeah. So she told me that she didn't think that she could just like call you anytime. She's like, and then I just realized I don't have any boundaries. <laughs> Like wow. she doesn't have any boundaries. And I was like, she's right. She, I mean, she can just call me, anytime, she's cool. but I'm not going to answer the phone. You know, we ask our clients to set up a time generally, um, yeah. you know, just set up a time or like, here's a link or, you know, pick a time. I've got plenty of options. I've got plenty of availability um, for a lot of reasons, or just shoot me an email. Mm. I'm actually much faster on email. The opposite of that, though, is, and what, what we find and what I find when I talk to people about, you know, why are you leaving your accountant? whatever, a lot of the time they're like, well, you know, they do our taxes, but every time I try to ask them a question mid-year, they never respond. <laughs> it's like, well, because you paid for a tax return, not yeah. for advisory or not for support. Um, so that's also kind of the big issue on the other side of that is either like the accountant's not answering their phone <laughs> or the client thinks they can call all the time. Mm. Um, you know, so there's a lack of like either there's a mismatch of expectations or there's a mismatch of boundaries or yeah, what we find. Yeah. So we find that like, so what we encourage our clients to do is to set an expectation on the, and like really set a strong expectation before you enter the relationship. So to be like, look, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to work. This is exactly how it's going to work. And it's in the engagement letter. And anytime the client kind of crosses that line, you just bring up the engagement and be like, Hey, you know, I really like working with you. But unfortunately, like, I don't want to go outside of the scope because I budgeted according to my scope over here. So mm -hmm. if I head out of that, I'm going to start making losses. So I'm happy to help you, but then we're going to have to kind of, you know, increase the prices. Yeah. And, and people respect that. Eh? I mean, people are always going to, human beings by nature will kind of push you to see how far they can get with you. I think that sometimes I find even sometimes clients will ask stuff without expecting it, but just to see, you know, like how far, how far can I really go with this person? And, and yeah, people will do that in any industry. I think it's normal. I think it's really funny because um, I, I, I have kids and I have kids, but kids actually work better within boundaries. So like if they know where the stops are, yeah. they generally can work better with, within the middle, right? But I'm so sure you've seen with kids, they'll yeah. really push. They really want right. to see where they stand. Right, yeah. right, right. Or like, is this still the case or whatever? So like being very, yeah. like, very particular about which boundaries you want, mm. but also being very, like, strong and fed about, fed, like, steadfast about them um, is mm. where people learn how to, you know, engage with you or work with you or whatever. And there's a lot of subtle ways you can do boundaries um, mm. in your business that I've learned how to do. Um because it works better for everybody. I can be Definitely. responsive to you if everybody's engaging within the boundaries, right? Um, or like you can parent the kid within the fence, but it's really hard when they're like gone, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or climbing over said fence. Um, so that's where it gets, you know, really interesting, you know, dealing with clients and really 
I don't, a lot of the time I'm just like, I think you don't understand what the scope is and that's fine because really what do they know about what we do back here? You know, mm. I always feel like we're kind of like behind the curtain, <laughs> mm. you know, or like we're working on stuff, but they just don't know it because they just don't see it. Um, mm. Because maybe it's just not deliverable. Maybe it's something we're setting up or whatever. Mm. So they don't know we're working for their good, but we are back here. Mm. Um, so I think that's part of it too, is just understanding like, what are we doing for you? What are the deliverables? Are there deliverables, you know, yeah. on this? Um so that's where it gets very interesting when we're working outside of just like tax returns or monthly books. You know, if we're mm. doing consulting services, it's like you're really just paying for our time and our expertise. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so what are the biggest barriers for accounting firms to change, you know, who they serve and what they provide? What are the biggest barriers for accounting firms to change who yeah. they serve and what they provide? Mm hmm um in terms of what so like getting new clients or yeah so like, let's say you know let's just say, say i tomorrow i decide i want a new niche you know oh, okay. what, is, what is my biggest barrier to that um and then you know how do i how do i change up how you know what we what we provide for clients so you know maybe maybe we're just purely payroll yeah um you know you know how do we how do we decide what that niche needs mm. um as well i think that's a lot of it too is you know, who are our clients and that, and that service mix kind of have to match. Mm. So, so I'd say the barrier to breaking into a new niche is that there's, they speak a different language. They have a lot of different kinds of problems. There's a lot of different rules governing their problems. Mm -hmm. So like we always tell accountants to kind of find a niche and just stick at it. It doesn't mean you have to only service that niche. You're not married to that niche, mm -hmm. but we tell them, give that niche a real go and, and go as deep down the rabbit hole as possible because the further you start to go, the more you learn about their language so you can speak to them. And that's a key in marketing is being able to speak the person's language and show that you understand them. Like I was lucky enough to be an accountant, so I kind of hit it off from the get-go with a lot of our clients. But my friend who's my business partner is a marketer, he really understands them at a very core level because he's spoken to probably like maybe a thousand accountants. And um, you start to learn that they all have the same, everyone in a niche has got very similar or the same problems. So the barrier there is, is it takes time and persistence to kind of learn the niche and not get frustrated with the niche and not kind of give up on the niche and say, oh, this is a bad niche. This niche is poor. This niche doesn't have money. You just don't understand their problems yet. And mm. once you understand their problems and you can solve their problems with your offering, mm -hmm. then you'll be able to tap into that niche. So um, that's the barrier. In terms of offering different services is that in each niche, there's this, there's this, this they're all kind of experiencing specific problems mm -hmm. and, and you can, it's kind of, it's not really about like, let me kind of offer, the, let me, let me shove services on you. It's like, let me find out your problems mm -hmm. and let me offer you something that's going to solve your problems. So, so like, kind of like, let's take maybe the construction niche. So maybe you go into that, you have some ideas of like, let me provide them with bookkeeping and payroll, but you don't really understand them. You, you need to speak to hundreds of them before you can see like, okay, I've actually realized in the construction niche, they don't know what they're doing with tax. They all overpaying in tax. So then you can say that there, and then you maybe also learn these guys are, they are overspending on X. They, they don't, they're not managing that cost. And then when you have a call with them, you could say, okay, here's what I'm going to do for you, Mr. Construction Worker. I'm going to solve your problem because I know you probably have problems on tax. You're probably paying too much in tax. I'm going to solve that for you. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to have a look at your books. I know you guys tend to overspend on 
labor or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I'm going to solve that problem for you. And that way the construction worker feels like, oh, wow, this person really gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I find like when we hop on calls with accountants, they trust us so much because they can see, I understand them. I, when I go on the call account, I can tell them, I'm, I, I know you probably don't have a sales process. You probably are struggling with confidence when it comes to sales. We're going to help you with that. Then we're going to look at your, you probably don't have a prospecting system. You're probably using word of mouth. They're like, yes. Then, you know, I know straight away, okay, you probably don't have a CRM. You're probably scared of technology. And they're like, okay, this guy really understands me. He's dealt with me. Let's give him money. <laughs> and that's key. That's what it's about. Yeah. Scared of technology? Do you find that is true? I'm not saying everyone. This is not a blanket statement. Well, this no. is a statement. If Yeah. So I'd say if I spoke to 100 accountants and they and they like in their 40s to 50s to 60s, mm-hmm. I would say I would say they're pretty scared of tech and they don't they don't use tech. They don't, like especially I mean I would say like I'd find like the younger accountants, you know, like 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 45 and below like pretty are good but like upwards of that it's like they like like I had a client who was phoning me and he was like how do I plug my headphones in to my computer? <laughs> or like how do I use like I jump on Zoom meetings with them and like the screen would be like on his head like up here and I have to get down and lo- lower it like lower it so I can have a Zoom meeting with you. So and I would say that's not it's not like a rarity. This is like pretty common I would say. Like I would say it wasn't an outlier. I would like to say I'm surprised. Really? Interesting. But I'm not okay. surprised. <laughs> um you know, I've worked I worked in a firm that that was very tech forward. Um, you wow. know, we were doing, you know, you know, audit, we were, you know, everything was paperless. You know, that was Jeez. that was my second firm, and we had. Um, so I worked for an audit partner. So we did full work papers on everything. So we had work paper software, and it would go to portals, and like it was just this whole mm. tech thing, like whole tech suite of stuff. Brilliant. And then I did some contract work, and like really just like a tax shop firm. You know, that's all they do is tax season, and then they disappear. During the middle of the year, mm. I'm assuming. I don't even know. Um, and they had paper files. That's <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> uh, and I have to tell you the funny story because you, you will enjoy this. Um, uh, I, one of the clients had sent over their QuickBooks backup. And I'm looking at it and, you know, I'm doing my thing and I'm like, okay, well, this is a, this is a version, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, we need desktop year, blah, blah, blah. So the partner is like, well, how do I get that? He's like, I know I'll call my accountant. So like he has a bookkeeper that he, that, that he sends everybody to. Right. And he's like, I need a version of blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I can't just hand you my licenses. And he's like, Oh, and I was like, you could just go on Amazon and download it, you know? And he goes, I don't have an Amazon account. And I'm like texting my husband and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're aliens. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, and I was like, well, let me know when you figure it out and I'll, you know, restore this. Cause I was just like, I was working contract. And I'm like, I'm not even, this. <laughs> um, he's the same one who like two years ago, I was like, can you email me these returns? And he's like, I don't know how to password protect them. I was oh like, your, your tax software, all you have to do is check the box and it will do it for you <laughs> automatically. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I am I've... the opposite. I have too much tech. Oh wow, that's amazing. I have too Jeez. many apps. It's a good good quality problem. I, I won't lie, like I was not great with 
with tech like not bad compared mm-hmm. to like what i'm talking about but like i mean we had a guy grant thornton he was like a 65 year old partner <laughs> like he came into he came into like uh he was like this old kind of jewish guy his name was uh, i don't know his name but he came he came into he came into our audit the first time and i met him and i'd heard about him he was quite mm-hmm. legendary and he rocks up with the, this like calculator so he comes into the thing and, and, and he starts looking at my work and he takes up this calculator and starts typing on and presses enter and this paper like pulls up and like he tears it off and he's like i'd never seen that before i was like wow is that like i'm like then he says to me he's like i want to look at your work papers so i'm like okay email him my work paper he comes to me half an hour later it's like i asked you for your work paper why aren't you sending it to me so i'm like i've sent it to you he's like where so i'm like in your email he's like no he's like ah i printed it out of excel he took a pen and went and started ticking off on the work paper, like, what was wrong? He's like, yeah, now go fix it. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, like, I'd, I'd, like yeah. to, I'd like to say we don't all have those experiences, but we do. <laughs> yeah, that was, he couldn't use Excel. I'm like, how are you? Yeah, that was, that was, that was. A You're like, it does my math for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I was like, choose. Um, so what are you seeing as the industry changing? So how are you, how are you guys helping, um, accountants, you know, kind of change their offerings, um, you know, and helping them get better clients. So what we're trying to do at the moment is we are trying to move away. Like I said earlier, from pushing services into Mm -hmm. solving problems. Mm -hmm. So we want to, so, so instead of saying to someone, I'll do your tax work or I'll do your payroll. First, like try position yourself, or I'll do a bookkeeping. Position yourself as I'll I'll solve your problem. So everyone's got a certain problem. Some people their problem is they don't understand their numbers. They they don't you know they don't know how to budget. So like rather solve that problem. So like if you're offering bookkeeping services, don't position yourself as someone who's going to solve your bookkeeping. Solve yourself as someone who's going to be their their right hand man when it comes to their finances. So any financial questions are going to come through you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to help you with that, but I'm going to, and you want to position yourself as almost like an outsource CFO. So you want to position yourself as like, you know, anything you don't understand, I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to have weekly meetings or monthly meetings with you. Where I'm going to go through your, your books and show you what they mean. And, and like, kind of like show, you, you know, where you're going wrong and, and what, mm-hmm. like what you can really do to tighten up or fix things. And really start getting a hold of your of your books and understanding the numbers more than just like I'm going to do your tax returns for you. I'm going to do your because that's important. Even if you're doing someone's your tax returns, you get, there's still a lot of and like I mean I could see you doing that, right? So you're mm-hmm. not saying let me do your tax because that's pushing a service. I'll do your tax return. You saying let me save you money on because that's that's the problem, right? The mm-hmm. problem is. I'm paying too much in tax, so I don't understand how this whole tax thing, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So people are saying, I'll do your tax return. That's not solving the problem. What's solving the problem is, let me take a look at your tax. Let me see where I could save you money. Let me help you understand your tax. Let me show you how to run your business differently so you're going to pay less in tax. And mm-hmm. that's solving a problem, not pushing yeah. a service. So that's, that's what we're getting towards. Yeah, and I think, um, and I just want to say for everybody listening, um, if you're a business owner and you don't understand your numbers, that's cool. Like it's, it's fine. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to be an expert in what you do, not an expert in what we do. Um, I feel there's, I feel like there's a lot of shame around this. And that's why I wanted to say that because I've had people come to me and be like, don't judge me. And I'm like, this is a (laughs) non-judgmental space because I don't expect you to be an expert in this. Mm. Um, And I just explained um, a client's financials to her just the other day. And I've done it five or six times now. And she's like, sorry, I have to ask again. I'm like, ask me as many times 
as you need to. This is my job is to explain this stuff to you, you know, and to help you understand how your balance sheet and your P&L really, I mean, that's just basic, basic stuff. But unless you're an accountant, how would you understand that your net income ends up on your balance sheet? It's exactly right. I mean, it's, yeah. And that, that's the thing is that that's where accountants, they undervalue themselves because they just take certain things for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where, you, that's where your value comes in, right? And your knowledge is like giving it back and explaining it. So instead of like just doing the bookkeeping, sitting with them and actually going through stuff with them and explaining how things link in, that's a lot of value. That's because that's, that's not doing, that's actually using your knowledge mm-hmm. and giving value back to the client because now the client can actually use that information Mm-hmm. Instead of you just being like, here's your bookkeeping, it's done, or your book's up to date, they can actually take that information and be like, oh, wow, like this is how this is all tying in. I didn't actually realize like how hard this expense was. I didn't realize mm-hmm. uh, um, I don't have money in my bank account right now, you know, whatever the, whatever the problems are. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like even those basic, and this is what we do, you know, just really with all of our bookkeeping clients is like, we're making sure that year over year makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if we could just look at the year over year P&L and be like, why is this expense so much more? You know, like that has a value, but it's not something the client would understand to do, right? Never. They wouldn't think to do that. Yeah, Mm-mm. it doesn't. They would, and that's that's where, yeah, you got to kind of take the bull by the horns. And I find also a lot of bookkeepers are scared to take, they, they, they know more than they think they know. So they're scared mm-hmm. to step out of like, I just do bookkeeping. Whereas if you've been a bookkeeper, even if you're not a CPA, but you'll know more, you can, there's more value you can bring from working with the numbers for so many years um, and working with books and being an accountant and stuff, you know more than you think mm-hmm. you know, and you and you can add more value than you think you yeah. can add. And I think it's important. And, and you know, part of being an entrepreneur and is like kind of stepping up to the plate and you know, um, putting yourself out there a little bit, taking some risks, even though you maybe the first time you look stupid. And, and you mm-hmm. know, if you're really uncomfortable with something, don't then do it. And, and I, I never encourage doing things for free. But in this case, if you're offering a new service. You know, you can say to your client, look, I'm betering or I'm testing out this new kind of service where I want to kind of go into that. I'll offer it to you for X amount, like very, very cheap. I just want to see if this is valuable to you and give it a go. And then that way you learn and you see if it's valuable to the client. And then that when you build confidence like that, and then your next client, you could be like, okay, you know, I did this with my last client. He was really happy with it. Let me offer it to you. Would you want to give it a go? And oftentimes clients will be like, yeah, let's, let's give that a go. They like you, they know you. Yeah. I think, um, you know, some of the biggest, like I've done that with a few things. I have a few clients who like I'll beta test stuff on, you know, I'll be like, you know what? I really want to talk about goal planning or I really want to talk about goal setting. I I had a couple of clients I I did this with and, and they, and they walked away like, oh, I can do so much more than I think I can, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the support and the encouragement and to kick your butt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to light a fire um, because that's how you go forward. That's how we all go forward. You grow, I grow. Exactly. You grow, I that's a great mindset. And we get to grow, you know, like we get to do it, it all together. Learning together. You're yeah. Learning together. Key. And I think that's exactly. part of it too. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we have the ability to help you with your cash flow. Like mm. it takes your clients 90 days to pay you. How can we help you fix that? You know, how do we, we can create systems, we can create, you know, I don't even know what it is, but there's, we know how to make those things happen for you. Um, But I think it's just not something that people understand that we can help with, you know, like where we can cash flow or we can help you, you know, understand which expenses really do help move your business and which don't. And, you Mm. know, do you need more assets? Do you not need more assets? Like, how do we help you with that stuff? Mm. Um, you know, say you want to buy a new piece of equipment because it's the end of the year. And that's what everybody does for lazy tax planning. If you ask me, (laughs) 
<laughs> how is that piece of equipment going to create efficiency? Does it do something faster? Is it going to reduce expenses somewhere else? You know, it does it have a benefit to your business? Because if it does, then by all means, go buy your piece of equipment. Um, if not, then saving taxes, you know, spending 100% to save 20% really doesn't make a whole doesn't lot of sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so true. Right? Um, and so it's really understanding the client and understanding what they need um, mm. or, you know, being able to talk them through it at least. Um, mm. And a lot of what we can do is just a support role. And just to ask the questions um, that mm. other people aren't asking them, like why, mm. what, what for, what's, what is that going to do for you? Mm. Oh, it's going to give you a tax break. Is it anything else? <laughs> Literally <laughs> anything else? <laughs> oh, your techs really want this piece of equipment because it helps with X, Y, and Z. Oh, okay. So it's going to help, help with morale and you can charge more for this service. Mm. Done. Do it. Okay. <laughs> right. So it's exactly. really just asking that very specific question about like, well, well why? Mm. You know, why? And I think it's also, yeah, it's getting a different take on things because accountants have, they've got very analytical thinking, which is very useful, you know, and like, it's a great kind of, especially for an entrepreneur who's got a very kind of different way of thinking to run it mm -hmm. by an accountant who's more structured and more like, okay, does this make financial sense? It's a lot of value add right there. So yeah, I think that's, that's so true. Awesome. All right. Uh, what is the easiest place uh, for people to find you? Um, they can just go to, so accountingclientsaccelerator.com. That's our website. If you can spell um, accounting, which I generally can't. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, must I really spell it? Or? <laughs> it's, I always misplace the N. Okay. So it's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-I-N-G, accounting, okay. client, C-L-I-E-N-T-S, Accelerator, A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Mm -hmm. And I'll drop it in the, we'll drop it in the links. Awesome. Yeah. If any of your, if any of your listeners want like a free training on how to, on how to get new clients using LinkedIn, they can go to that link, Accounting Clients Accelerator mm -hmm. forward slash CPA. So just our website and then you could add in there forward slash CPA. Mm -hmm. And they can get access to a free training on, on how to, how to get clients using LinkedIn. Awesome. All right. Last question. Uh, what, what is the number one piece of advice you give accountants um, wanting to grow their firm? Okay. So I would say this, cause this is what I had the, my biggest learning is have an open mind to different ways of thinking. And this is what I tell all the accountants is that business is multifaceted. It's mm -hmm. not. So from an accounting background, I think everyone, we kind of tend to think, and I had this problem myself as well as I used to think accountants are the best business people. It's the best business degree we doing the important stuff. All the other stuff is kind of airy-fairy, funny stuff that people who are lazy do. Accounting is where it's at. It's not that. Accountant is multifaceted. There's sales. There's marketing. There is accounting. There's legal. There's, there's kind of buckets to, an, to... So don't get too caught up in accounting. Let's manage cash flow. Let's just worry about cutting... Look at the different buckets and actually, and actually either develop yourself in those different skill sets or hire people that are good in those skill sets. You have to. You can't succeed if you don't fill these buckets. So if you don't have, if you don't either get good at sales or hire a really good salesman or get good at marketing or hire a good marketer or get good at legal or hire a good legal person, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle because all you have there is the accounting side. And the same goes for a marketer. You could have a really good marketer or a really good salesperson with zero finance skills, they're going to lose all their money. They're going to have no money. 
So the same way you would say to that person who's crushing and making a lot of money, you need a finance person to manage this money. The same way that marketer can come to you and be like, you're good at managing money. You need someone to make you some money mm-hmm. or are you going to kind of just be sitting there with our clients? <laughs> um, and I think, and I'm just going to add, don't be afraid to pay for stuff. You guys, oh, yeah. we are accountants are the number one penny pinchers, but the ones that I've found that are the most successful are the ones that are like, this is not something in my wheelhouse. I'm hiring out. You know, that's how we, that's how we get successful. It's not like I just record the podcast. I talk to the guests and it's not like I'm doing the stuff on the back end. People are always like, Hey, how long does it take you to do like the producing parts? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's not, that's not happening because I have other things to do. It's so true. I mean, I speak to accountants all the time and I can kind of gauge I mean, because I have to ask them their revenue figures on all my sales calls. I have to ask them what their revenue is and mm-hmm. what they're spending on marketing and on, and on ads. Mm-hmm. And there's a direct correlation between the amount they're spending on, on ads and on marketing and their revenue. So I know if someone's got zero or they're really trying to penny pinch on, you know, growing their business, they're going to have very small revenue and they're going to be very frustrated. But yeah. the ones that are actually spending on making. It's funny. I, um, I've worked with a bunch of different marketing people we have people for the podcast i have some people doing some stuff and some people doing content for us right now um but they're always like what's your budget and i was like how much do i need (laughs) tell me how much i need you know like (laughs) i'll find it because i'm an accountant i can find it right Mm -hmm. um and i think we just need to remember that you know maybe we can cut something else or mm. you know maybe we're just gonna put in a credit card we can do those things if it's gonna if it's gonna create income on the back end yeah we need to not be afraid of spending money i think i think there's a big misconception with accountants because they see that you know marketing it lands up on the pnl so they're like oh that's that's bad that's like not people. a good thing because that's that's like a, that's like the profit and loss that's just that's not not good where's that because like they think okay asset on the balance sheet be happy on the income statement no 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 but they don't realize that that marketing is going to drive up that mm-hmm. top figure you know mm-hmm. and i think yeah. that's been that was a hard one for me i really struggled in the beginning mm-hmm. i was like marketing no i don't believe it's not going to make me money and then it made me a lot of money so yeah I, I mean we have to understand the correlations between the numbers um i can't tell you how many times i've come i've or i've had people come to me and be like well i just need to spend less on this and i'm always just like why do you need to spend less on this i'm going to tell you you probably should spend more on some of this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know, what does your marketing look like? Um, what is your accounting? <laughs> How much did you pay for this tax return? Cause <laughs> I could probably guess, <laughs> you know, like if you're looking for quality, you know, pay you're going to pay more. Um, okay. and you also should be charging more, you know, we're just so afraid. I don't know what we're afraid of valuing our yeah. services, valuing our time, valuing our, so true. Is all of those things. Mm, I don't know. I think at the core, we're just helpers. Um, you know, and that's what I find in pretty much every industry. Um, mm. A lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, we really love what we do. Um, and we, you know, we understand that it's valuable. Um, mm. But it's the communicating to others that what we yeah. do is valuable. And that's where we all kind of get hung up, which Definitely. is where y'all come in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Justin. 
Thanks so much. It was awesome. I had a good time. Good. That's always the proper answer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.